Ladies and gentlemen, this is Book Music. I am Tosh. And I'm Kimley. And each episode of Book Music, we focus on a specific book that deals with music. Always music. And then the literal sense of music and the abstract sense of music. Nevertheless, it is always, what is it, Kimley? Music. Yes, music. <laughs> and today... We're going to focus on a book called Side by Side by Robert Wyatt and Alfie Benj, published by Faber and Faber. It's a book of selected lyrics by Wyatt and Benj, and it has a foreword by Jarvis Cocker. So it's just another lyric book. We have covered lyric books in the past, haven't we? Yeah, we did an entire episode on a variety of lyric books. But this one's brand new. Yeah, brand new. Because we're now, we're just doing new stuff now, right? Well, we're trying to, yes. And Faber and Faber has put out this almost formalistic series of lyric books. Um, Scott Walker, uh, Kate Bush, uh, Jarvis Cocker himself. Uh, Lou Reed. Lou Reed. Oh, okay, yeah. And so... Um, yeah, the Lou Reed was kind of new, too. I think that one came out this year. Yeah, is that published by Favor and Favor as well? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so it's it's a, it's a very formalistic, you know, design cover, hardcover, and very well produced. I mean, you know, it's, it's they're great books. Yeah, they're beautiful. I mean, they're definitely fetish objects. They're, you know, for the serious fans. And this book by Robert Wyatt and Alfie Benj, well, first of all, is it possible to dislike Robert Wyatt? Um, well, you won't be my friend if you dislike Robert Wyatt. I feel that <laughs> something wrong with you if you don't like Robert There's Wyatt. Something, if you don't like Robert Wyatt, there is something wrong with you. You yes. cannot heard of Robert Wyatt. That's perfectly okay. Right, right. Because Wyatt's done on the radio that much, or he yeah. is. I mean, he's, he's pretty much, well, I, you know, he's bigger than a cult figure because he's a big presence in a lot of musicians' lives and music fans. Yeah, I think most people who are serious Music listeners are aware of his work. Um, you know, the casual casual music fan may not be aware. If of you him. like British music, especially from like the mid to late '60s, you like early Pink Floyd or Pink Floyd just overall Pink Floyd. Um, you like sort of prog rock with jazz overtures. If you like political songs and you don't like Robert Wyatt, there is something definitely wrong with you. <laughs> Oh, this is very true. Although, uh, I have to admit, I'm not a huge fan of uh, The Soft Machine. Um, I love every single one of his solo albums. But you don't like The Soft Machine, uh, Wyatt? Yeah, I like some I like some things. I, you know, I hadn't listened to them in a long time, and you had encouraged me to go and uh, re-listen to that first Soft Machine album, and I did. Mm-hmm. And there's a few things on there that I like, but they're such a jam band, you know? It's just, uh, I don't know, yeah. it's not my thing. I saw them. I saw them live. Did you really? Opening for Hendrix? Yes. Opening for Jimi Hendrix. Wow. At the oh, fabulous wow. Tron Shrine Auditorium. I must have been about um, 12 or something. Like oh, really? That young? Oh, wow. I think I, I think I had third row tickets. Did you go with your dad? Of course. Uh-huh. Wow. That's so cool. And Soft Machine. When my memory of Soft Machine, there were a trio then. It was like Kevin mm-hmm. and I, the keyboard player. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. And was and Robert Wyatt shirtless? Shirtless. And- <laughs> it's his trademark is he never wore a shirt when he played drums. He just had like sort of Tarzan trunks, literally. Not like cut off shorts or Levi shorts or 
tennis shorts that literally like something that Tarzan would wear. That's my okay. <laughs> like briefs, kind of like a swimsuit sort of thing. Or? I don't know, actually look like it look like like you look at t- Johnny Wisemiller Tarzan. Right. Okay. Like <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. You don't usually when you see those photos, you can't see. You know, the drum kit kind of obscures uh, below the waist, so you yeah. can see his bare chest. But yeah. Uh, Okay. <laughs> so, for anybody who doesn't know Robert Wyatt, because probably a lot of people don't. I mean, we know. Yeah, him. he's not. Yeah, he's not very widely known uh, in the pop world. But. but but Robert Wyatt is a musician, obviously British. He was in a band called Soft Machine with uh, Kevin Ayers and a gentleman by the name of David Allen, who eventually started Gong. Gong was become this French-based prog rock punk band i say the word prog rock but it's actually not a real good term because yeah i always have a little bit of a because they're more like, they're more like freeform jazz more jazz than actually like prog rock or or prog jazz and they're, they're really like in a sense almost like jazz musicians playing pop or rock music um mm-hmm. but in a very sort of um anarchy way i mean they're not you know they're not they're not mainstream by any means Mm-hmm. Uh, so a love for strong love for melody, pop song format, but also very jazzy and very sort of um, self reference. You know, the, the Soft Machine and early, early, early Wyatt had definitely um, a love for Dada culture. You know, the the art movement of the of the nineteen teens and. Right. And a lot of why it's or like absurdity, the theater or the uh, well, they're pataphysicians for sure. Yeah. I mean, isn't he like a member of the? The believe he is college de pataphysique <laughs> and the fellow member of uh, a decade before that is uh, my beloved boris beyond yes. yes so it's a it's it's a sort of a raymond cornell alfred jerry world and if they had a house band it would be whoever band robert wyatt in you know right well wasn't there a soft machine song i think that's one of the lyrics is in here isn't it right it's, it's where the pataphysics or yeah uh, pataphysical introduction, yes. Yeah, <laughs> and and so like the early Wyatt, um, so that, so there's something it's very whimsical, um, and some of the lyrics here it comes back to the lyric book. You know, we're, it's always going to come back to the book. Just take your time, people. We'll <laughs> so Wyatt is this great figure. Um, uh, a major incident happened in his life where he was drinking, apparently. And he was attracted to a second or third story window of a building that he was in. <laughs> I like how you phrase that. He was attracted to it. <laughs> okay. In the same manner as Jarvis Cocker. And right. you read the four Jarvis Cocker. Yeah, I didn't know that. That was interesting. Yeah. Jarvis also had the <laughs> follow the <laughs> attraction to a, a high, high floor window. So okay. the tragedy is that Robert Wyatt fell. He lived. That's great. That he could not walk anymore, and he, you know, was in a wheel. He, he is in a wheelchair for, you know, for for the rest of his life. Yes, this was he was like a 27, 28 when this. Yeah, happened. and this happened in what 1969, 1970. Right. And musically, yeah, when he started, when he seriously started his solo career, if you want to even if if even Robert Wyatt has a career, I don't think of it as a career. It's just something he does. <laughs> That's the beauty of Robert Wyatt. He does it, and it's sort of Robert Wyattized his life and everything else. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like um, a planned out career move. But the music got more dreamy, uh, more jazzy in a sense. Um, 
definitely the change after the accident, there was definitely a, a mental shift of some sort. Right. Well, I mean, for one thing, he could no longer play a traditional drum kit. No, but he still played percussion and he still yes. does some to yes. you know, tone. But he out. ended up focusing more on being the singer and, and writing songs. Yeah. And playing keyboard and he plays trumpet. Um, right. And it's very, you know, his recordings are very, I don't know if they're really lo fi, but they have a lo fi bedroom quality of a lot of his recordings. They're very intimate. Yeah. Very intimate, yeah. even when it was like a big studio. And to get back to Pink Floyd, Nick Mason produced, the drummer of Pink Floyd produced the, the uh, first two, or the second, th- technically, the, the second and third Robert Wyatt album uh, Nick Mason produced. Mm-hmm. And uh, and years later, he ended up with uh, Phil Manzanera uh, of Roxy Music's studio. Right. And Wyatt recorded the last couple albums with uh, in, in Phil Manzanera's uh, studio with the since it was the assistance of Phil Manzanera, who now, after Roxy Music, is pretty much working a lot with David Gilmour and the whole sort of Pink Floyd. Um, world now, apparently. Right. Robert White is very beloved amongst musicians. and uh, Absolutely. They, he does a lot of guest appearances. Um, yeah. He's a very open-hearted, very, uh, con, you know, a collaborator mm-hmm. in the greatest sense of that word. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on the last couple of albums, even uh, something like Paul Weller uh, of the Jam and Style Council and the Paul Weller solo albums has played guitar on his album. Um, right. But it's very rarely you're not going to find a musician not liking Robert Wyatt. And if I'm not mistaken, this is all from my memory, which we know how good it is, right? <laughs> I think in David Bowie's top, you know, 50 albums or whatever it was, I think mm-hmm. he chose two Robert Wyatt records. Did he? Oh, interesting. I, Do you yeah, remember which ones? Shipbuilding. Uh, oh, you're talking about songs or? Well, the EP Shipbuilding. The... Oh, Okay. And then there was another Wyatt record that I think he he chose as well, made from Soft Machine or I can't remember. It's not. It wasn't Rock yeah. Bottom. Yes, or obvious choice, but um, right. So anyway, Rock Bottom, the second solo album produced by Nick Mason, is mm-hmm. everybody considers that to be a masterpiece. Yeah, that was my first introduction to Robert Wyatt. Is I got yeah. a the uh, in the early eighties there was a gateful double of the first two of Rock Bottom uh-huh. and Ruth is Stranger Than Richard, which I still have. Yeah. Great. It's a nice combo. And that was my introduction mm-hmm. to Robert Wyatt. I yeah. love those first two albums. They're fantastic. They're great. And a lot of I think almost all of the lyrics from those first two albums are in this book. And then Robert Wyatt uh is married. He's married to a woman by the name of Alfie Bench, mm-hmm. who did all the album covers and graphics for Robert Wyatt. And then eventually, like towards me, like in the 80s, I mean, she started writing lyrics for his songs. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting. And the book is divided between his lyrics and her lyrics. I had to look at that very carefully, the book, that to, to realize the separation. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because they both deal with a lot of similar themes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both very political. They're both very left. They're former members of the Communist Party of Great Britain. Yes, um, the party. Yeah, yeah, card carrying members at one point, and um, so you know they that comes up a lot. Uh, that's a popular theme. Those their their political views. Um, they write a lot about race. Yeah. Um, so you know it's it's clear that they're both on the same page in that regard. But I thought it was interesting that his lyrics are sort of a little more abstract and broad, and hers are sort of a little more specific. Um, 
they're kind of, you know, a little more metaphorical, but she talks about very specific things, um, you know, a little sort of day, you know, a moment in the day of her yeah. life kind of thing. The, the section of the book is, it deals with Spain, I guess, when they right. went to the Spanish beach and lived there for a while. Yeah. And it sort of, she sort of deals with the neighborhood that she's mm-hmm. in. And yeah. The yeah. Front and, the, and sort of the weather and, you know, the food. Right, and the right. And, and, uh, it's very sort of romantic and dreamy, but... Also, you know, there's a bigger picture to it. Um, yeah. I also think it's really interesting in the book that both of them uh, chose to explain some of the lyrics or, you know, yeah. footnote who some of the people are that they're talking about, which I, was, I found interesting because, you know, most creative people will bristle at explaining their work. Yeah. Um, but they seem to both want to. Now, they put this book together themselves. They, I, As my understanding is, they edited it. They chose how it was organized, uh-huh. which lyrics to put in, you know, what order to put them in. It's not chronological. No, it's not um, chronological. But yeah. it is separated by, by his, you know, there's a rubber right. wire. Right, his and hers. <laughs> and, but it's been very subtle. I mean, there's a name that it's not like, this is my section, Robert, right. you go way to the other room. <laughs> very, yeah. it, 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 you know, Robert Wyatt, listening to the Robert Wyatt record, this is what makes him really, this is what makes him really unique, mm-hmm. is that whatever song he does, and, he, you know, Robert Wyatt is a songwriter, performer, mm-hmm. but, you cannot presume every Robert Wyatt record is going to be a, a work of composition. There's a composition by, by Wyatt and maybe him doing cover songs. Yeah, he does a lot of covers, really interesting covers. It's interesting what he does. He sort of does like, um, but whatever songs he does, it sounds like a Robert Wyatt song. And when you listen, and then when you listen to his work with Alfie Benj, it's still, when he sings it and performs it, it sounds like Robert Wyatt. Absolutely. The thing for me that I find really amazing about him is, you know, whenever I'm trying to tell somebody about Robert Wyatt who's not familiar with his work, I don't know how to explain his music. I don't know who to compare him to. Yeah. I don't know, like, what genre of music. I like. There's absolutely no way to label him or compare yeah. him to anyone else. And that's pretty amazing um, that he's just so uniquely Robert Wyatt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how to tell you what it, I don't know how to compare him to. I'm just like, you just have to listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's, and when he does work with other people on, on their albums, mm-hmm. whenever he opens his mouth, it's Robert Wyatt. He owns it. Yeah. He has a very unique voice. Yeah. Kind of hairy, kind of bluesy. Very unique way of phrasing things. I mean, one yeah. of the things that was really interesting to me about reading this, it's, it's always interesting to read these lyric books because then, you know, you're, you're trying to read it without listening to the music, just reading it sort of as a poem right. in a way. And sometimes that's very hard to do that. You know, it's because you're so familiar with the song that it's almost impossible to read it without humming the, you know, the melody in your head. Yeah. But I found most of these, I, I was able to read them without because this phrasing is so strange and unusual and it's never like you know verse chorus verse bridge you know it's never rhyming couplets kind of thing it's the way he phrases things to the music is so unusual that it's uh actually quite easy to sit back and just read these separately from the music yeah he's totally unique and it's interesting how alfie benj sort of contributes her work to to the you know to the Wyatt world you know besides doing the artwork she does all the artwork on the album covers as I mentioned I guess sometimes Wyatt has trouble coming up with lyrics for whatever reason and out and that's where she sort of jumps in she didn't ever plan to do this but she sort of right you know he sort of offered this 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 um, role for her to do mm-hmm. and um, yeah I don't know if she's a writer regularly I know she keeps a diary. 
Yeah, she's got little diary bits in in with her lyrics yeah. that sort of talk about where the lyrics came from. Yeah, which is fascinating reading, and it's yeah, uh, it's interesting. They both have shared again. They, they do share interest in politics, and these songs. A lot of the Wyatt Bench songs are political, but I think for a normal person, when they think about political song, if they're not in tune to that world, it's sort of like a turnoff. Yeah. But for whatever reason, just the way Wyatt performs these songs, the way it's written. Mm-hmm. It's not a turnoff, I don't think, for people to hear. Yeah, you know, it's very leftist orientated, very, uh, and it's very factual. He he's a very sort of straightforward writer. You know, he's not he doesn't he doesn't use poetic language. It's in any in that way, he sort of reminds me of Bertal Breck because Breck is very minimal in language and he just wants to give his thoughts out and he doesn't add any like sort of poetic pretty pictures or anything. It's just sort of like almost like a newspaper journalism report. Yeah, but his lyrics are also very playful. Um, you know, he loves, you know, Lewis Carroll and, and things like that. He loves uh, wordplay and he loves nonsense words. A lot of the lyrics are nonsense words. Like I pulled one little bit from Alephi, which I think is great. So the lyric is, knit no not, knit knit folly bolully, burly bunch the water mole, heli plop and finger hole, not a wasset, Bundy see. For Jangle and Bojangle. <laughs> so, you know, he does have a lot of fun. Oh, um, that is so damn political. I can't believe you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, let me, let me read one that, from my example. Okay. <laughs> and, it, and this is actually both sides of Robert Wyatt, you know. So this, yeah. is, uh, this is called The Age of Self. Oh, it's one of my favorites. It's a beautiful song. And yeah. it goes, um, they say the working class is dead. We're all consumers now. They say that we have moved ahead. We are all this people now. There's people doing frightly well. There's others on the shelf. But never mind the second kind. This is the age of self. They say we need new images to help our movement grow. They say that life is broader base as if we didn't know. While Martin Jacques and Robert Maxwell play with printer's ink. The workers around the world will die for real Tinto zinc. It seems to me if we forget our roots and where we stand, the movement will distinguish by castles built on sand. Castles built on sand. And it's sort of my, you know, it's again, it's almost like a reporting, but when you read it out loud, it does sound like a nursery rhyme as well. And it's interesting because when you hear the actual song, it's got a very dreamy quality to it in terms of the music. And very sad. You know, the, the mm-hmm. Wyatt, the, this is the interesting about Wyatt too, is that a lot of his um, songs have humor, like we sort of, you know, mm-hmm. doing humor in the song. But when he's, the way he sings it and the way the music is, it's often very sad, sad sounding. Yeah, it's definitely a mournful quality to his yeah, voice. It's definitely mournful. Yeah, he does. But there's that great deal of humor and life surrounding that song as well. He's a one-of-a-kind, incredible talent. I love the song. They have the song in there from uh, Schleep called Blues in Bob Minor, mm-hmm. uh, which is a little sort of riffing on Dylan's subterranean homesick uh, blues. Ah, yeah, yeah, I know this song. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, this is one I couldn't read without hearing the music because it's very, it's similar to Dylan's and sort of the rhythm of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, One of my little favorite bits is... Uh, Fingers in the eel pie poke around tip top, tunneling a wormhole earth a kitty catfish, meadow brown peacock, pupa larva caterpillar, hibernate in winter of our disco tech. 
Oh, he's just so fun. I just love reading the lyrics. This was a, a real pleasure to read the lyrics of this book. What a wordsmith. <laughs> I know, I know. It's great. And another great thing about Wyatt is that he is so, his taste in music is so broad. Right? Yeah. I mean, we talked about how he covered the monkey song and. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm a believer. Excuse me. I'm a believer. Yeah, I'm a believer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Neil Diamond wrote that. And, right. Or right. by the monkeys. And he also right. did a song called Yesterday Man. Have you heard that song? Yeah, I think so. It's like a second, it was a second single. It's never been on any official Robert Wyatt album, but it's a single he did after um, I'm a Believer. And it's a song written by Chris Andrews. I don't know who that is. He's he's like a British hit songwriter of the 60s. Ah, okay. And his version, uh, Yesterday Man, the original version, he wrote songs for Sandy Shaw. He did all the early Sandy Shaw songs. Ah, okay. And Nowhere Man's a great song. And I heard the original by Chris Andrews. He did a, he, he made very few records, but he did you know he did his version of Nowhere Man. I mean of uh, Yesterday. Yesterday. Man, excuse me. And um, it's a it's a ska song. It's like an early '60s ska beat. And the Wyatt version, of course, is sad and right. And <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, he covered that Chic song as well. I mean, yeah, his, his, last. Uh-huh. his covers, his cover choices are really interesting. He did Strange Fruit. Yeah, Strange Fruit. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, that's a pretty intense song. Um, yeah, it's really amazing. And um, you know, we should also mention that the book has a lot of reproductions. They're black and white reproductions of Alfie's uh, work, of yes. her artwork for the various covers and stuff. But um, you know, it is really interesting. I love that. The name of the book is Side by Side. I mean, it's clear that they're really a true partnership. Ain't that the truth. So it's really interesting to see how they've, you know, influenced one another and worked together. I mean, she's also his manager. Yeah. So it's nice to see her getting her due, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't, he doesn't. Uh, it's funny. I just finished reading that um, biography of him. Good uh, by Marcus O'Dare. I know you read it a few years ago. But I yeah, just did you it like it? This. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really do see how what a partnership it is, and you see what she's, you know, I mean, that's got to be a lot of work. So, you know, she's uh, she's his manager, she's his wife, she's his art director, and now she's his, ly- you know, she writes lyrics for him. And uh, so, you know, she does a lot. Apparently, <laughs> she, her best friend, to this day, is Julie Christie, the actor. Yeah, I know. I didn't know that. That was pretty interesting. And legend has it. I don't see anybody diffuse. I don't know what they said in the biography, but that, uh, Julie Christie used to go out with Warren Beatty. They were a famous 60s uh-huh. couple. Uh-huh. And apparently um, uh, Warren Beatty actually paid for Wyatt's medical, all the medical bills. Oh, that's I don't remember that in the book. I do remember reading that Julie Christie bought them a flat in London shortly after he got out of the hospital. Yeah. Um, so I you know she's been very helpful financially. I think everybody helps them out as much as they can. Uh, yeah, they're so beloved in the community. Yeah, and and, and I'm sure there's a Warren Beatty fan out there who could say that's not true. But uh, <laughs> I've heard from numerous sources. Nothing. Well, personal. then uh, I mean I would think um, when that happened, the NHS was already around, right? The National yeah. Service. So, I mean, unless unless he got private care. And also, Alfie Benz was a, uh, a film editor. She worked with Nicholas Rogue. Right, right. I did. I think they did mention something about her being on the set for um, that Julie Christie film, uh, the Nicholas, the Don't Look Back. Or mm-hmm. 
uh, the yeah, one where they're in that. Venice. Yeah, yeah, it's a good film. Yeah. Yeah, um, Alfie Bench is interesting. She was actually born in Poland in 1940, mm-hmm. and um, her mother uh, met a British soldier, as of my understanding, and they came to England in, uh, I think, 1947 or so. Uh-huh. So it's interesting because she does talk in the lyric book a little bit about, you know, there's one song called Alien, you know, and she talks about what it's like to feel like um, you know, somebody, you know, she's an immigrant, essentially, even yeah. though she's been there since she was a child, she's always, I guess, had that sense of being an other. And so she's uh, very sympathetic to that cause. And uh, that's one of the political things that they write about as well. They're very anti-nationalism, for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. They both have that sort of otherness. They share yeah. that, you know, you, it's, it, it's definitely like they're not part of anything, really. Even like politically, there's a sort of a lone stance of sorts. You know, why doesn't, you know, they don't do like propaganda songs. You know, they do the no. of their politics. Yeah, I mean, they're, the, the broad scope is more humanity. They're more interested in humanity. I have to say, Robert Wyatt does an amazing version of the Internationale. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I've never heard that. Yeah, I'm not sure what record it's on or album. I think it's one of those, you know, if you find like a B-side compilation of Wyatt's music. It's on okay, there. I'll have to hunt that. Down. Yeah, the International does a really moving, tear-stained cheek version. <laughs> okay. Which wow. is the communist or the left um, uh, theme song, right? I would sing it to you, but I'm tone deaf. <laughs> well, we'll spare our audience that. Thank you very much, Tasha. And, and you as well. <laughs> <laughs> so side by side, Robert Wyatt and Alfie Benj with a very interesting, funny, witty um uh, introduction by Jarvis Cocker. Yes. And uh, it's another beautiful Faber and Faber production of a lyric book. And deservedly so, it's great because it's Robert Wyatt and Alfie Benj side by side. Another thumbs up for both of us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah it's, a, it's a great book. It reads well, and it reads well on a page, you know. I did yeah. listen to the albums afterwards just because I just want, I just want to, just out of pleasure, I just want to sure. into the Robert Wyatt dreamscape but it reads very well as a book and and, and, the, and the having the Wyatt side and the Alfie Bench side really works here mm-hmm. and uh, there's a difference between their lyric writing but again they share such a common interest and love for either like politics or that otherness or that being the outsiderness um, their playfulness uh, it's a, it's an equal matchup between the two absolutely Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Book Music, and join us next time. We're going to be doing a work of fiction. We haven't done that in a while, but every once in a while, we like to have a book of fiction that's got music as an important element in the book, and we are going to be doing a new writer for us. The book is called Self-Portrait with Russian Piano by Wolf Vandrastek. Um, (laughs) so, uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, hopefully that will uh, be enjoyable. Um, definitely follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter for all of our latest news. Um, and we've got playlists to accompany all our episodes. Robert Wyatt one is definitely going to be a fun one. And I highly recommend listening to it, especially if you're new to Robert Wyatt, because like I said, you just have to listen to him. He doesn't sound like anybody else. Yep. And uh, we'll have those on Spotify and Apple Music. And you yep. can find links to everything on our website at bookmusic.com, B O O K M U S I K.
www.thepodcastnetwork.com. So thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. See you later. Bye-bye.